I'm so excited about this series. This was never meant to be a series. Uh, two weeks ago, I just planned on this being a, a, a one-off message. And I, I just got so encouraged by it. I was like, I gotta continue this. So every week, I've just been writing as God just puts things on my heart. And uh, I haven't had this thing mapped out. I am a, a map-out kind of guy. I like things like... In, in advance, come on, any planners in the house? All right, we get, we get along. Uh, how many of you just go with the flow? Just whatever it is, you go with the flow. Okay, we don't like y'all. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you, guys, you guys stress us out. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of that type of thing, but I felt like, man, we're in this fast. My, 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 my heart is, is, is hopefully getting closer to the Lord. My ears are open. So I just, I said, God, I'm gonna just let you speak to me every week. I'm not gonna plan this thing out. And uh, hey, we're seven days into the fast. How's everybody doing? We okay? We good? One week in, y'all. It's not fast, is it? Slow. Um, how many of you have been enjoying the text messages that have been coming every morning to you? It's just been good. And um, I'll, I'll share more about that in just a little bit, but we are one weekend, and, and I pray today just gets us ready for week two. Uh, we're in the middle of a 21-day fast, and we'd love for everybody to join us, and uh, I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But um, hey, I, I want to share with you just real quick, um, one of, I think, is a classic mu- movie, one of our favorites in the Belt Home. How many of you have seen Mrs. Doubtfire? Any Mrs. Doubtfire people? Yeah. I, I think, personally, I think this is one of Robin Williams' best movies he's ever made. Um, if you are a Robin Williams fan, this is him in all of his glory. If, if you've never watched Mrs. Doubtfire, you definitely should go watch it. It's a fun movie. Um, if, if you know the story, I'm going to go ahead and just give it to you. Uh, you don't even have to watch it. I'll just tell you how it goes. So... Uh, so Robin is in uh, just a, a pretty bad place. I, I forgot what his name is in the, in the movie. Y'all remember, anybody remember what his actual name is? Yeah, nobody knows. Okay, all right. So, so his, Daniel. Okay, so his name's Daniel in the movie. So Daniel is just having a really rough patch um, just in life and in general. He's, he's just messed up his marriage. His marriage is not a priority. He just goes crazy. Um, his wife has had enough. She divorces him. And because his life is so chaotic, uh, the judge decides to give custody of the children to the wife, full custody. And he is distraught. I mean, he loves his kids so much. He's passionate about his kids. And because he's so passionate about his kids, he's got to figure out a way to see his kids more than just on visitations on weekends. And so he decides that he is going to uh, dress up to become a nanny, and he becomes, he dresses up to be an English nanny, um, and applies for the job. If you've never seen it, you gotta hear all the phone calls. It's hilarious, Uh, but he gets the job, and for a while, um, fools everybody that he is the nanny, and then it all comes out, and uh, eventually, it's, I don't wanna end it with you. You can go watch it now, okay? But um, it's, it's super hilarious, also super sad, and there's just so many things that are there. But I think there's a, uh, a thought in this movie that shows us something, and that is this, that desperation will drive you to do radical things. Desperation will drive you to do radical things. And if you've ever been desperate in life, you will do things that you normally wouldn't do when you weren't desperate, whether it's desperate for money or desperate for love in your life or desperate for a job or desperate for whatever. Desperate measures happen when we do this. And so today, um, I wanna share about that topic. Last week, the title of my message was called Passionate People. And we talked about how does it look for us to be a passionate people that go after God with all of our heart. This week, 
I'm calling today's message Desperate People. Everybody say desperate people. Come on, look at somebody next to you go, are you desperate? Come on, look at somebody. If you're single in here, that could be your chance to look at somebody. Are you desperate? All right, if you're desperate, if you're desperate, you don't get a girl. Okay, so... This is, uh, we're going to talk about desperate people. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 5. If you have your phone uh, and you have our app, you can pull our app out and the notes are all in the app. Um, And you can go go to your app store, it's OSC Connect, download that app and you can get it. All these notes are there, but I also have it on the screen for you if you didn't bring your Bible. But we're going to read together just for a little bit um, from Luke chapter 5. And we're going to look at some guys who were desperate. And what is it? What can we learn from being in desperate situations? So Luke chapter five, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Ready. All right, here we go. It says, one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. So all these teachers and all these Pharisees and all these religious people were gathered together to hear Jesus and they were all in a room. This story is actually in many of the gospels actually. You can read it in different ways. And it says this, and the power of the Lord was what? was with Jesus to heal the sick. I'm gonna stop here just for a quick moment just to um, expound a little bit on this because this, this verse says, the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The New King James says it this way, that the power of the Lord was present in that moment to heal was present in that, and this is why this is so huge, because in this moment, Jesus was accessing power from the Holy Spirit for him to heal in that moment. Why is this so big? Because Jesus didn't just heal just immediately. He didn't have power of himself. The Bible says when he came to earth, he stripped himself of all of that so that he could rely on the Holy Spirit like you and I. Why is that good news? Watch this. Because for all of us in here, you go, well, I can't heal like Jesus can heal. I beg to differ, because here's what we know. If Jesus had to get power from the Holy Spirit that he had to get access from, how many know the same Holy Spirit that rose him from the grave lives inside of you, and you have access to it, and so you can heal just like Jesus can heal because we have the same access to the same power. Getting my preach on in the first two minutes already. Okay, all right, it's gonna be good, I'm telling you, I'm so pumped. All right, so it goes on and it says this. Let's look in verse 18 and 19. So it says, some men, some men, Men. Now, if you read other uh, books, we know that it's four men. There's four men that came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Next verse goes on. It says, when, everybody help me with this, they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. This is a huge point here because think about this, all right? These guys, we know that there's four of them. They pick up their friend who's been paralyzed for many years and they take a trek to go and find out. They hear where Jesus is going to be. They bring their friend. Can we imagine carrying somebody all the way to where Jesus is and they get to the house and they couldn't find a way in. All these religious people were crowded inside of the room. No one was letting them in. And they they get met with kind of the door of disappointment. Y'all ever had a a moment in your life where you had an expectation of how it was going to play out, and when you showed up, it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go? Like, you you showed up and thought one thing, and then you got in there. So think about, first off, these guys right here carry this guy all the way to the house, and they get there, and they're like, no tickets, sold out. 
what? The Jesus concert is sold out. You cannot, you cannot get in. Think about for a moment, watch this. Think about for a moment, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the paralyzed man. Can you imagine how much disappointment the paralyzed man has had in his entire life? This man has had utter disappointment everywhere that he's gone. This is a man who's never been able to walk. This is a man who's never been able to dance. This is a man who's always been contingent on other people to get him around certain places. This is a man who's always been met with rejection and disappointment. And here we are, these guys, I can imagine these guys getting him going, going, we mean Jesus, we mean Jesus. I've seen this guy, he's amazing. He's raised people from the dead, he's healed people. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen for you. And then you get to the house and you're like, you can't get in. You're like, Ah, what? And here we are in the moment, and it's utter disappointment. Utter disappointment. And I think we've all been there. I think we've all had that happen in our life, whether it was in our marriage, where you thought it was gonna be one way, and then you got married, and then it was a different way. Don't laugh too hard, don't laugh too hard. <laughs> don't. Or whether it was a job where you thought it was gonna go one way and then you get to the job and it's just, it just goes one way. Or, or maybe it's your prayers that you've prayed one thing and God didn't do it the way that you prayed. We've all been there where there's been utter disappointment in this time, but I, I, I'm grateful and I'm sure this guy is grateful that he didn't have friends that gave up very easily because they could have said, well, next time, let's turn around, let's go. And they could have gone back, but how many know desperate times call for desperate measures? And these guys were desperate for their friend to meet Jesus and to be healed by Jesus. And sometimes, hey, this is, this is maybe a little bit of a philosophy I live by. Sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Don't live by that too much. My kids can't live by it, but I can at times. <laughs> and so these guys were so desperate. I love this because this next verse says that when they couldn't find a way, they went up. They went up on the roof. And they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now watch this though. Uh, if you read other, the other books in the Gospels, they went up to the roof and there wasn't like an, uh, a hatch that they opened up and he came down. The Bible says that they actually dug through the roof to lower their friend down to Jesus. How many know when they didn't have a door, they made a door. <laughs> They just make, I'll make my own door. We're going to see Jesus today. We're going to figure it out. And here they are. They're lowering him down through the roof right in front of Jesus. And can you just imagine what this is? This room is crowded with a bunch of religious people that all want more and more of here, of, of what Jesus is. And we know that they weren't really there because they wanted more of Jesus. They were there because they did not like Jesus. And they continually wanted to hear what he was saying so they could figure out uh, what was drawing him. And so here you are, a room full of religious people that weren't making room from a person who really needed Jesus. Sounds like the church. It's a room full of people that oftentimes can be filled with people that really don't want God. They're just running through the traditions of it. But when there's a guy right outside, how many of you know they could have saw the guy and said, no, no, you come on in. You need him more than we do. But they didn't. They blocked him out. But thank God for the four friends that said, we're going to go up. We're going to go up. We're going to take it a little higher. We're going to make our own way. We're going to make our own roof. And they, they lower him down. Now, every time I read scripture, I always have to kind of put myself into the story because I feel like it just makes things come alive so much more. So I have to give names. I got to give names to different guys. So we're going to call the guy that comes down that's on the mat. We're going to call him Matt. See what I, <laughs> see what I did there? Okay, we're going to call him Matt, all right? And uh, we'll, we'll give the four guys a name. We're going to call him Jimmy, Willie, 
Billy and Bobby. Sounds good. Right, how about Rufus? <laughs> get it? Y'all get that later. Okay, all right. So, so I want you to imagine here for a moment. Okay, let's just step into the story here. So these guys, these four guys are lowering Jesus down. Jesus is looking up and crowded full of, house full of people. And this guy gets lowered down. And they're like, you can tell, they're kind of just like listening in because they're not right there by it. And so, you know, Jimmy's looking over at Billy and going, hey, what did he say? What did he say? And, and if you fast forward and look, watch, watch what it says. It says, seeing their faith... We're gonna come back to this. If you, if you have a Bible, I want you to highlight this. Seeing, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Okay, let's stop here. So can you imagine, yet again, Jimmy says to, to Billy, what did he say? Billy goes, uh, I don't know, I heard something about sins. And then, and then Willie goes, okay, that's good, sins, that's good. Did you hear healing? Did you hear healing at all? No, I didn't really hear healing at all. Then Rufus is over here going, hey, uh, sins are good. Um, I don't know if you saw, legs don't work. <laughs> Grateful for the sins, legs don't work. Can we address the legs? <laughs> and so here we are, Jesus is seeing their faith and he's addressing something that is not the obvious. He's addressing the sins that are in this man's life that, that need forgiveness. And the reason why this is so huge here is because what do you do when God bypasses what you want for what he desperately needs? What do you do when God bypasses what you go to him because you want from him when he says, that's really not what you need. I'm gonna tell you what you really need. So let me, I'm gonna, I have two points today. That's it, two points. Number one, we all have a desperate need. We all have a desperate need. Every person that's watching and listening has a desperate need. We all have a desperate need. And I want you to think through this question. What do you need from Jesus? What do you need? You know, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe you need a car. Maybe you need a spouse. Maybe you need a, a different spouse. Maybe you need, maybe you need help. Maybe you need, maybe you need some money. Maybe you need Maybe you have a diagnosis and you need some healing. Maybe, you, I don't know what it is, but all of us walked into this room today and many of us are watching online because you have a legitimate need that you need God to meet. Everybody, we all have something that we need. So I want you to see something though within this story that is so huge though. And I wrote it down like this. Your desperate desires often don't match up with your deepest needs. Your desperate desires often don't match up with your deepest needs. This guy is desperately in need of healing, but Jesus is desperately longing for relationship. Two different things. The guy came to Jesus because he wanted new legs. His friends brought him there because he wanted, they wanted their friend to walk and be able to go hang out and play games with them and go do stuff and get back to life. It wasn't a bad request by any regards. This guy needs legs. That's a great request, great prayer. But Jesus says, that is good, but you need something desperately more than that. And I wonder, I wonder if there's times where we can step into church and ask God for one thing and God goes, yes, good, but let me tell you what's even better. Because here's the deal, if God gives you a job or God gives you a spouse or God gives you a car, but your relationship with him is broken, he didn't really bless you. Are y'all with me? And so today, 
We need to unpack this idea that God desperately desires relationship. Jesus is desperate to bring his people back to God. You look at Luke chapter 15, all of Luke 15 is, is Jesus wanting to bring his people back to him. You know, Jesus leaves the 99 to go after the one because he wants to bring it back. You see the Jesus represented as the widow who lost a coin and searches desperately to find this coin because she wanted to bring it back. And then you see Jesus as the abandoned, rejected father who desires for his son to come back and waits at the porch looking for his son constantly and then when his son is finally on the way he desperately unabandonedly runs after him and embraces him because we have a God who desperately wants relationship with you he desperately wants relationship with me and even if we're coming to him because we don't really want him we just want stuff from him God says I still want you I still want you in my life and Jesus says what you need most from me is forgiveness Maybe some of you are sitting here and you've been wronged or you've been hurt or you've been abused and you say, well, how dare Jesus say I need forgiveness? I was the one that was wronged. Watch this though. You can never forgive someone who's wronged you until you've experienced forgiveness. You can't ever get healed in relationships until you've experienced that yourself. Romans chapter four says it this way. He was handed over to die, speaking of Jesus, because of what? Come on, let's say that again. Because of, and he was raised to life to make us this is why Jesus died and this is why Jesus rose again. He, he died because he bore our sins, but he rose again to give us life with him, to make us right with God. There's nothing you can do to make you right with God. God does it. This is what God does. And watch, let's continue the story. In verse 21 now, it says the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law, and they said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can what? Come on, say it again. Only God can forgive the sins. Now, that's true. And the only way that this makes sense for Jesus to forgive sins is if he believes that he was the one that was sinned against. Now, watch this though, because this is huge here. You can't forgive things that don't involve you. Watch. So imagine you and your spouse got in a massive argument last night. Okay, and y'all said some things to one another, and let's, let's just, we'll pick on the husbands, okay? So let's say the husband said some things, that's just, that's just what I do, okay? So let's just say the husband said some very mean, vulgar things to you. And, and that night, bed was like the Grand Canyon. And you woke up this morning thinking, I don't even I don't even know how I can love this man right now, the stuff that he said, all that stuff. And, and you decide, you know what, we're just gonna go to church. And you guys come to church and, and people look at you and they go, how are you doing? You're like, great, blessed, highly favored. All right. And you're, like, you're looking at him like, I hate you. Stay away from me. He's like six feet in the back, you know, he's got the kids and all that stuff. And you're like, and then you come in here and you worship and all that stuff and you hear a message. And I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine the service is over and I walk up to both of you all right, and I look at the man, and I go to the man, hey, I just want you to know, what you said last night, I forgive you. If you were the wife in that situation, you would look at me and go, pastor, you're a great pastor, stay that. Mind your business, this is between us. You cannot forgive what he did not do to you. He did that to me. 
And this is the situation that we have that's going on in, right here. Jesus says, young man, your sins are forgiven. And the religious guy goes, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you got it. He was, he was subtly letting them know you are standing in front of God. Because only God can forgive sins. But watch this. Only God can heal legs too. And so he's, he's, he's trying to get them, some religious guys, to realize you are standing in front of God. And yes, I can forgive sins. And then he goes on and he says this. Watch, watch the next verse. So Jesus knew what they were thinking. How many know you, you can't get past, even if you think it, Jesus knows it. All right, so he knows what they're thinking. And so he asked them, I love this. If I was Jesus, man, I'd play this all the time. I know what you were thinking. Don't think that, all right? Quit that, stop, don't. Yeah, I do look good, thank you. Okay, so you know what I mean? I, I'd play it all up. All right, so that's why I'm not God. So why, why do you question this in your hearts? Now, here he goes. Is it easier to say, everybody help me, your, your sins are forgiven, or is it easier to say, Stand up and walk. Okay, so here we go. Consensus. Which one's easier? Your sins are forgiven. Okay. Why is it easier to say your sins are forgiven? Because, watch this, because you can't verify it. Your sins are forgiven. Go. I don't know. What does that mean? Are they? Are they not? I don't know. But how many know? Stand up and walk, though. If he says that and he doesn't stand up, how many know? Phony. Phony. You're phony. So, so Jesus is telling them, watch this, this is what Jesus is saying. If God can do the miracle you can see, God can also do the miracle you can't see. So if God can, if God can, give, you, if God can give you legs and help you walk, God can also forgive sins. If God can give you a job, God can also help you with your depression. If God can give you the spouse of your dreams, God can also come over here and help you with your anxiety. If God can, see, if God can do the things that you can see, he can definitely do the things you can't see. And we believe God for salvation oftentimes, but we stop at the healing part. But I'm telling you, if God has the power to save, he also has the power to heal. And he is, he, is, he is explaining who he is to them by the miracle. But he didn't start with the miracle. Actually, he started with the greatest miracle, which was a right relationship with God. He got that right first, and then he speaks to him and says, stand up and walk. So that's number one. We all have a desperate need. We all have a desperate need to know God to experience his forgiveness in our lives and to have a relationship with God. Before we ever pray for your finances or for your job, I pray the first thing we pray for is that your relationship with God is right. And that only happens through Jesus and what he did on the cross. But number two is we all need desperate faith. So we all have a desperate need, but we all need desperate faith. Let's go back to Luke chapter five, verse 20. Watch what it says, those first three words. Everybody help me with here. Seeing, seeing their faith, their faith. So we know he's speaking of the four friends. Seeing their faith, Jesus says, seeing their faith. Okay, so I'm gonna help you with something that has really helped me because the word faith, oftentimes we believe faith to be, you just, you believe. But there are three different definitions of faith. I'm gonna walk you through them, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, 
There is saving faith. So saving faith is the faith that God gives us to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. It is the faith that all of us that are in this room that are called sons and daughters of God tapped into to become followers of Christ. That is saving faith. We see it in Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two says it this way. By grace you have been saved through? Through faith. Okay, all right. So that's saving faith, all right? Then there's sustaining faith. Sustaining faith is the faith that you have when you're going through a really hard time and you go, God is in control. God is gonna get me through this. God is faithful. God is a healer. God is when you have this faith to believe for for God to do things in your life when you're going through times in your life, all right? So that's the, that's the Romans 8, 28, that, that God is doing all things, working all things for your good. That's sustaining faith, okay? God gives us saving faith and God gives us sustaining faith and we, most of us all in here have that. But the faith that is spoken of in this story of the four men who bring their friend to Jesus is not saving faith and it's not sustaining faith. Let me help you with what it is. It's the spiritual gift of faith. Now, if you've been through Next Step, you, we do a spiritual gifts test, and we, we, uh, we, we help you uh, begin to discover and unpack some of the spiritual gifts that you have, and one of them is faith. And this, by the way, is what the Holy Spirit will give certain people at certain times in certain situations, that he gives you a gift of faith to believe God to do something that is not normal, that is not um, what man could do, like just to have faith that God is gonna show up in this moment and you just have, and you have had those just moments where you're like, God is in this. And I believe with all my heart that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. That is a gift of faith that God gives you. Actually, 1 Corinthians shows it this way. If you go and you look through some of 1 Corinthians 12, it unpacks some of the spiritual gifts and it says, this, the same spirit gives what? Great faith to another and then to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. So, so we see that, that there are many gifts. None of us have all the gifts, which is why it's important for you to be a part of a spiritual family because together we bring all of our gifts to the table and your gift complements my gift and my gift complements your gift. And in this moment, this paralyzed man is thankful for four friends that have the gift of faith to believe God, to show up in this moment, to, to, uh, to, to, to do something for him. And the Bible says, seeing their faith, the miracle was produced not by the lame man's faith, but it was produced by the faith of his friends. And I love that this verse says, seeing their faith, seeing their faith, not hearing their faith, but seeing their faith, that these guys were not like, oh, Packed room, we're gonna go out. None of they said, we're gonna put our faith in action. We believe God can really do what he says he can do and we're gonna do whatever we can to get you in front of him because we believe that he can do it. It was faith of these men to load their friend up on a stretcher. It was the faith of these men to go however far they went to finally get him to that house. It was the faith of the men in the moment when they were denied and disappointed to go, I'm not stopping here. We're gonna find a way. It was the faith of the men going up a roof when everybody's going, what are you doing up there? 
It was the faith of the men to dig through the roof and it was the faith of men to lower him down in the midst of Jesus and have expectancy that healing is going to happen in this moment. It was the faith of these four men and when the paralyzed man could do little for himself, it was the desperate faith of his four friends that changed his life forever. And why is this so important? Because sometimes we are weak. Sometimes you have given up on your marriage already and you need some four friends to get around you and go, we're gonna believe for God to save this. Sometimes you have been so shocked by the devastating news of a lost job or a lost family or lost finances or a lost friend that you need some people to get around you and go, we're gonna believe and pick you up. We're gonna lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for when I be. Okay, we're not going there. I was, I was hoping, uh, hopefully 11 a.m. will come with me, okay? God puts people in your lives to believe for you and to pray with you. And so I have two questions for you. Two questions. Ready? Who are your four? Who are your four? I like to call these guys the fantastic four. Who's your fantastic four? Because these guys could have simply just dropped off the guy right there in the midst of the house and said, ah, next time, hopefully it'll work out for you. But the four of these guys are willing to put him where he belonged at the feet of Jesus. So ready, watch this. Do you have friends that will get you to Jesus? Do you have friends that'll get you? Listen, we all got friends that can get us places. We may have friends that can get us tickets to the game. We may have friends that can get us into the concert. We have may friends that can get us in the club. But do you have friends that can get you to Jesus? If you don't have friends that'll get you to Jesus, you need some new friends. You need some new friends. Who are your four? Who are your four? Are the closest friends bringing you to Jesus or are they driving you away? This is, this is the type of friends that we need in our life. And I, I pray that during this t- time, you would analyze and evaluate the friends that are in your life. Now, I'm not saying you can't have associates, but, but you need to have some friends that, can, that, that they can show up at your house when you go, I don't, wanna, I don't want anybody to come, and they'll just come to your house anyways. When you'll be like, I just need some space, and they're like, forget space. I'm gonna give you some space. I'm gonna space right up in your face. <laughs> yeah, we're just not going to church right now. I just don't feel like it. I'll pick you up at 8.30. How many are grateful for some friends that won't let you just quit and lay back and go, I'm good, I'm fine. Like they will go, no! You have come too far for the, you to let the enemy speak into your mind and let your own lies. Like you gotta get around some people that have some faith to believe God. And sometimes your faith is not strong enough. If we're all honest, we've been through seasons of our life where we were on a high for Jesus and then we were in the deepest valley. And when you're in the deepest valley, you didn't wanna even get out of bed. Depression was so deep. 2020 for so many people has been a year of isolation and lies and separation from family and friends and Jesus. And I'm, man, I'm calling us to rally one another 
you got a friend that hasn't been here and you know they're not here because they're being lazy, because they've created the habit, go be a friend of faith. Speak into their life and say, come on. I'm not calling you out, I'm calling you up. It's not my expectation, it's God's expectation on your life. God has more for you. And they had a friend here that was paralyzed his whole life. And I can't imagine the amount of times they had to give him rides to different places and go different places. And finally, they hear about this Jesus that can, that can heal and deliver. And they go, this is what this man can do. We got to do whatever we can to get him to this man. And they were not willing to let no stop them. They pressed in. They pushed in. So that goes to question number two. Number one, who are you for? Number two, what paralyzed person has God put on your heart to have faith for? What paralyzed person has God put on your heart to have faith for? Maybe you have a prodigal son who's confused and stopped seeking God and you're going to, you're gonna have faith for them. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, and God's placed you in their lives because they are too spiritually weak to seek God for themselves. So you said, man, God, I'm gonna seek you for them. Sometimes the people around us are too weak or too confused to seek healing for themselves. So you know what we do? We say, get on my back, let's go, I'm gonna carry you. I'm gonna get some friends around us, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bring you, we got you, we got you. We're gonna, we're gonna walk this way. We're gonna press through in faith, press through the difficulties, press through all the naysayers. We're, we're, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you there. To have friends that go, oh, you don't want to go? Okay, well, see you later. But go, no, 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 I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to sit right here. We're going to go. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. We all need friends like that. I'm going to tell you, 21 days of prayer and fasting, this is hard. It's hard. I mean, we're, our body's detoxing. My mind is detoxing. I need some people around me that go, come on, let's just keep going. We got this. Let's press in. Let's not give up right now. Come on, let's keep going. Let's keep Let's keep pushing, let's keep, let's keep moving forward. Let's go, let's go. You have paralyzed people around you. They may be at your job, they may be in your home, they may be at your school, they may be in your neighborhood, they may be a family member. But God, I pray that he would give us faith to begin to step in and believe to help them come to Jesus. I wanna read a story that Hopefully we'll build some faith in here and then we're gonna, we're gonna close this service. Jim Cimbala wrote a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Powerful book, by the way. And um, he wrote about a story that happened and he said this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read it for you. He said, we entered into a time of prayer, much like Acts chapter four, everyone was reaching out to the Lord in concert together. So this is, they were having a night of prayer which by the way, we'll have one tomorrow night at six. That was a shameless plug right there, okay? And watch this, he says, one of the ushers hands me a note and it says this, Pastor Cimbala, I feel impressed that we should stop this meeting and all pray for your daughter. In a few minutes, I picked up the phone and I told the congregation what was going on with my daughter and there arose a groaning and a sense of deep, desperate determination as if to say Satan you will not have this girl anymore take your hands off of her she's coming back home I was overwhelmed the force of the vast throngs calling on to God almost literally knocked me over when I got home that night Carol my wife was waiting up for me we sat at the table and I said it's over with Chrissy this is his daughter 
you would have had to have been at this prayer meeting tonight. I tell you, if there is a God in heaven, this whole nightmare is finally over. 32 hours later, on a Thursday morning, my daughter walks into my house. We both just begin to cry. She says, Daddy, who was praying for me? Watch this. On Tuesday night, Daddy, who was praying for me? I didn't say anything, he says. And she continues, in the middle of the night, God woke me up and showed me I was heading towards an abyss and there was no bottom to it and it scared me to death. I was so frightened and I realized how hard my heart has been, how wrong I've been, how rebellious I've been. But at the same time, it was like God was wrapping his arms around me, holding me tight, keeping me from sliding any farther as he assured me that he still loved me, he wanted me, and he was not going to let me go. So... So that's what we're gonna pray. And I know there's a number of you that are in this room that there are people that you would love to be sitting right next to you that are not here. We're gonna have some faith. We're gonna believe God, Holy Spirit, give us some faith. Give us some faith to, to see lost family and friends come home. And, and here's the beauty. God can do things you and I can't do which is why we pray, which is why we seek the Lord. I wanna end with reading the last part of this story. It says this, now watch this. So I will prove to you that I am the son of man that has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat. Mat, <laughs> I had two hands. And go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, now can I just pause here just for a moment? Who is the everyone in the room? The religious guys. The guys who were the critics. The guys who were the naysayers. The guys who were the doubters. The guys who were the haters. The guys that, that didn't even wanna let this guy in in the front door. The guys that I'm sure are super disturbed that this guy is interrupting their meeting. And Jesus tells him, hey, get up. And can you imagine? Normally when our kids get up for the first time, it's surrounded by people cheering. This guy gets up for the first time around a bunch of critics. Let's see, let's see this. Let's see what you got. It says immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up and he picked up his mat. I loved it. He jumped up. You ever seen that guy like he's on his back and he goes to his feet? That's what I picture. I can't do it, so I'm not going to show you. But he picks up his mat and he goes home praising God. Watch this. He goes home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Come on, how many want that to be said of our lives? We have seen amazing things. Not because the man was amazing, but because God was amazing. God heals broken hearts. This man goes home praising God, not just because he got fresh legs. Come on, how many know he got a fresh heart too? He got a touch from God, and that's 
what we want the most. God, give us a job. God, heal us of our disease. God, did yes, but God, touch my heart first. God, do something in me first. And so I wanna close by asking us to do two things. Number one, I want you, if you're not already, to jump in and join us in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're seven days in, we got another 14. So you're good, jump in. And here's how you jump in, okay? Um, you can pull out your phone now if you want. If you haven't done this already, I want you to do this right now. I want you to text, pray first to 94,000, 94,000. You can do it now. I'm, I'm gonna allow you to pull your phone out. If you're online, you can do this right now. If you haven't done it yet, I want you to do this. 7 a.m., Monday through Saturday. Um, actually, you got one today too, so every day. You're gonna get a text from us that's going to have a, a prayer devo from one of our staff or leaders and a scripture of the day and just something for you to focus on. I was just meeting with a guy earlier. He's just telling me, man, God is doing so much in my heart. He's done, done so much in my life. God's doing this. We're hearing stories already. This past week, we did a, um, a pop-up prayer. So something brand new we're doing. It was just an idea that we had in our staff meeting and said, hey, what would it look like if we got prayer outside of our house, outside the church, and got it into neighborhoods and our city? And so this past week, we had a pop-up prayer right here in front of our church. And then yesterday, we had a pop-up prayer at I-10 Park. Watch this, everybody. Four people got saved at pop-up prayer in these last two, two days. So powerful, so powerful. So I want you to join. I want you to just, man, link your faith. Let's go. Is also, I want you to, to join us tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is night of prayer. Right back here, six o'clock, one hour. How many of you were here last, last week for night of prayer? Was it powerful? I mean, it was powerful. And, and here's, we're, we're really excited. For these nights of prayer, we have special worship leaders coming in and helping with our worship team. So you're gonna get, get to hear new worship leaders um, along with us. We, we're praying throughout the week over the topics of the week. I mean, it's just, last week I, I left our night of prayer we, we have a family that's been in our church that have been battling COVID for, for a while. And uh, they submitted a prayer request. And, and I, called, I called the guy's name out. And I said, God, we just, we're praying for that assignment to be canceled. Right when I got out of night of prayer, he texted me, he said, when you said my name, I felt like it left immediately. My body was just released of all that stuff. I said, man, we're gonna pray. This, this is gonna, come on, house of miracles this year, house of prayer this year, we're gonna believe. So I want you to join us. I want you to join us in on that. Second thing that I want, I want us to do, okay? So first thing, I want you to join us with night of prayer. Second thing is, I wanna give you a chance to pray right now. And so um, we're gonna pray. If, if you have a need right now and you want God just to meet it, but before we go there, can we just say, man, I want more of God. Would you just stand up all across this room? I want you to stand up right there. And I want us to pray. We're gonna pray, we're gonna believe. If you got maybe wayward children, we're gonna believe for that as well. We're gonna just believe for God to just do, do what he does. And uh, for those of you that are online right now, come on, we're gonna pray with you. You can put your request right there online. We'll pray, our team's right there ready. Would you just lift your hands all across this room? Come on, we just, we wanna be a desperate people. Come on, how many want to be a desperate person? Come on, desperate for the things of God. So Father, right now, God, we come to you, desperate for you. We need you. Less of us and more of you, God. That's been our prayer. Less of us and more of you. So God, just as you did for this paralyzed man, may, may we recognize the greatest need that we have. The greatest need that we have is first and foremost for you to do a deep work in our own hearts. God, come and do, do a work in our hearts. 
God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would deal with the pride in our lives, the insecurity in our lives, the, the lies in our lives, God, the worry, the, the fear, the anxiety, Lord, all that, Lord, deal with it, God. We pray, Lord, heal that, heal that, heal that. God, I pray, Lord, as you begin to heal those things, Lord, that that would even begin to overflow in, in us having faith for those around us. God, we pray. I want you to do this right there. We are. I want you to lift up the name of someone that you are praying for, someone that's in your life right now. Just begin to call out their name before the Lord. God, we pray right now all these names that are being lifted up before you. God, Lord, those that need healing right now. God, those that need to, uh, to return to the, to the house, to be returned back in relationship with you. God, those who need miracles. God, those who just need a touch from you. God, you hear all these cries today. God, Lord, we thank you that you are a miracle worker, that you can show up. God, I pray for businesses right now, God, to, to, to be sustained and thrive even in the midst of all of this. Lord, we pray for prodigal sons, daughters, spouses, nieces, friends, coworkers. God, we pray, Lord, that they would come to know you. God, give us faith. Give us opportunities. God, may we be, be like these four friends that bring them to Jesus. God, I pray for those right now that feel like they don't have four friends. I pray that you would put godly relationships around them, godly friendships around them that can encourage their souls and walk with them and, and, and bring them back into relationship with God. We thank you, Lord, for family. Thank you for spiritual family. Thank you for all that you're doing. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory as we sit and wait for you to do what only you can do. You can forgive, you can heal, you can do miracles, and we give you all the glory for it in advance before you do any of it. We give you the glory for it, and we thank you for who you are in this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, let's give Jesus the highest praise he deserves.